0: Good friends and welcome to worship at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church. We are so glad you found your way to us on Facebook Live or Instagram Live or even on our website at selwynpres.org. I continue to give thanks for our faith community during this time of social distancing and I pray that our worship together will sustain you and encourage you for the days to come. A few announcements before we begin with worship. Uh, First of all, um, now is the time for you to go back to our website uh, and find the resources that you need to engage in the life and the community of Selwyn Avenue over the course of the summer. We have updated our resource page. If you would like to be involved with a small group or a Bible study, you can find that link there. If you would like to be a part of one of our six summer book clubs, (laughs) We have six great leaders and six great books and you can sign up for one of those on our website. If you would like to engage in the work of partnering with our neighbors at Montclair Elementary or at uh, Roof Above, which used to be Urban Ministries, you can find those links there and uh, you can also find our new fancy podcast on our website. Uh, Thank you, Margo, for helping with that. Uh, And also, if you are ready to engage in the work of racial justice, uh, to learn more about yourself and your call to reconciliation in the world, we have many resources there for you and groups forming to do that work. Go to our website and you will find it there. Also, Margo, would you like to share just a, a word about our new Children's Chapel?
1: Absolutely. This week we launched our new Children's Chapel. On Thursday mornings at 9.30, we have offer a live stream on our Facebook page, um, and during that time we sing songs and we have a creative um, way that we tell the Bible story. We also, without the bundle, if you can't tune in live with us on Thursday, which all are invited to do, it's posted on the website, and will stay on the Facebook page. And the bundle also includes crafts and songs and memory verses and we hope that this is a wonderful resource for children and families throughout the week but also for sunday mornings most of the crafts are things we believe you have at your house and so this might be a a good thing for children to do on sunday mornings as we continue our sermon series this summer
0: thank you thank you and thank you for your work on that Um, Our session has a meeting today at noon. We will be hearing the faith stories of half of our confirmation class, along with uh, many of our new elders who will be installed and ordained on July 12th. We continue to monitor the uh, situation with COVID-19 and promise that we'll keep our congregation safe as we worship uh, online together and begin to think about ways we might worship together or gather in small groups safely on our lawn later in the summer. If you are a visitor here with us this morning, we're so glad you're here. We're an intergenerational, uh, authentic community of faith. We seek to know Christ and one another in real, in real and lasting ways. It's my great pleasure to welcome to our congregation new members, Brandy and TJ Malowski. They came to us through our members, Adam and uh, Cindy Piacettino, and uh, we are grateful that they are the trust and the courage to join us in this time of social distancing. They are graduates of Roanoke College um, which is in my hometown of Salem, Virginia. They've lived here in Charlotte for about 10 years and they both work at a company called um, Ring Central, which is a cloud-based communications company. We are so glad that you're with us and our session will welcome you all at noon today. And now let us prepare our hearts and our minds to worship God.
2: Our God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal hope. A thousand ages in thy sight are like an evening gone. Short as the watch that ends the night before the rising sun. Will you
1: please join me in our call to worship? Come, let us praise God together. For God is great and worthy of our praise. Let us tell stories of God's power and majesty, his mighty acts throughout history. For God is great and worthy of our praise. Let's remember the compassion he has shown towards us, his mercy and unfailing love, generation after generation. For God is great and worthy of our praise. Let us pass these stories along to our children and grandchildren so that they too may come to know the love of our God. For God, God is great and worthy of our praise. Let us worship God together.
2: one foundation is Jesus Christ our Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood bought her, and for her life he died. Elect from every nation, yet one on all the earth, her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith, one birth, one holy name she blesses, takes one holy food, and to one hope she presses with her free grace endued. Mid toll and tribulation and tumult of her war. of her whatever evermore, till with a vision glorious her longing eyes are blessed, and the great church victorious shall be the church at rest.
1: Friends, if we claim that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us now come together and confess our sins before each other and God using our responsive prayer of confession. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning give attention to the sound of my cry my, my Lord my God to you I pray holy fountain of grace may we be like the people of Nineveh give us the courage to acknowledge our vulnerability may your shining light reveal our sin and open our eyes to your healing presence through you stand ready to forgive we bite our tongues clinch our fists and cling to bitterness, hurt, and resentment. Give Give ear to my my words, O Lord, and consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry. My My Lord, Lord, my God. God,
2: to you I pray.
1: We trust you, Holy One. We pour out our hearts to you. Receive the pain that lurks in our humanity as we expose all that we've kept hidden from ourselves and from the world, those thoughts and feelings, words and deeds that keep us separate from your love. Give Give ear to my words, O Lord. Lord. Consider consider my groaning. Give attention attention to the sound of my cry. My Lord and my God, to you I pray, amen. Friends, hear these words of assurance from 2 Corinthians 5. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away; see, everything new, everything has become new. All this is from God, with whom all things are reconciled through Christ. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen.
0: We are indeed in the midst of our summer series, The Greatest Story Ever Told, and it seems to have a series like that uh, requires us to include a particular story about a particular prophet named Jonah who ends up in a particular mighty fish. To read our story this morning, I've asked Margot to join me along with Ivy Cherry. Do not let this go to your head, Ivy, who will be reading the voice of God. (laughs) Let us now listen for the word of the Lord. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying,
2: Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come before me.
0: But Jonah set out to flee away from the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, paid his fare, and went on board to go with them away from the Lord. But the Lord, the Lord hurled a great wind above the sea, and such a mighty storm came upon the sea that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried to his God. They threw the cargo that was in the ship to the sea to lighten it for them. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down into the hold of the ship and was fast asleep. The captain came to him and said, "'What are you doing?' Get up, call on your God. Perhaps the God will spare us a thought so that we may not perish. The sailors said to one another, Come, let us cast lots so that we might know on whose account this calamity has come to us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us why this calamity has come to us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country and who are your people? I'm a Hebrew, he replied. I worship
1: the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land.
0: Then the men were even more afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? What shall we do to you that the sea might quiet down? For the sea was growing more and more tempestuous." He said to them, pick me up and throw me
1: into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down. I know it, because of me this great
0: storm has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring the ship back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more stormy against them, and then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, we pray, do not let us perish on account of this man's life. Do not make us guilty of innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have it done as it pleases you. So they picked Jonah up and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights.
1: Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called to you, the Lord, out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. The waters closed in over me, the deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. As my life was ebbing away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who worship vain idols forsake their true loyalty. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord.
0: Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and it spewed Jonah out upon the dry land. The Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying,
2: Get up. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim the message that I tell you.
0: So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. And now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he had a proclamation made in Nineveh. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth, and they shall cry mightily to God. All shall turn from their evil ways and from violence that is in their hands. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may return from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. Now when God saw what they did how, he did, how they did turn from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he said he would bring upon them, and he didn't do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and Jonah became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, this is why
1: I fled at the beginning. I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, it is better for me to die than to live. And
0: the Lord said,
2: Is it right for you to be angry?
0: Then Jonah went out of the city and sat in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it to come over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from the discomfort. And so Jonah was very happy about the bush. But then dawn came up the next day and God made the bush wither. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he said, It is better for me to die than to live. But then God said to Jonah,
2: Is it right for you to be angry about the bush?
1: And Jonah said, Yes, angry enough to
0: die. And then the Lord said,
2: You are concerned about the bush, for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do, not, who do not know their right hand from their left and also many animals?
0: And now, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Now, I don't know about you all, but Jonah is my kind of prophet. Jonah is unlike any other prophet in the Bible and while he is included in the twelve minor prophets, he was far from a willing participant. God calls, he buys a ticket, boards a ship and runs away. God creates a storm to get his attention and Jonah gets thrown from the bowels of a ship to the bowels of a fish. Only then does he manage to begrudgingly squeak out a meager forward sermon before plopping down on the edge of town to pout and fume about the entire thing. And if Jonah was God's plan A, I cannot imagine what plan B would have looked like. So Jonah is my kind of prophet. The kind of prophet who is faithful enough to know God's call when he hears it, but doesn't really do the thing that God calls him to do the kind of prophet who doesn't mind an adventure but doesn't necessarily want to go to the place God calls her to go Jonah is the kind of prophet who has come to rely on God's promises of steadfast love and saving grace but time and time again just cannot seem to get right with God until his life sinks and stinks so bad it's smelling fishy from the inside Out, Jonah is the kind of prophet who knows what the Lord requires but would rather die than admit his anger or his fear or his inadequacy or his self-righteousness you see Jonah is my kind of prophet from the very beginning Jonah has a knot in his stomach and a chip on his shoulder about all of this and it seems he'll go to any cost to avoid the conflict You know, they say that we are all either running from something or to something. Our past or our fears or our responsibilities or our hopes or our dreams or our calling. But I wonder if Jonah knew something that we don't. He knows who he is. He knows who he worships. He even knows why the ship is coming undone. But he was not taking the road less traveled. He paid money to fall asleep in the hull of a ship on its way to, well, nowhere, anywhere but Nineveh. It is as if he is not only unwilling, but that he is unable to answer God's call. He'd rather run. He'd rather hide. He'd rather sleep the day away. He'd rather deny God his prophetic gift. He'd rather cut himself off from those he loves and even God himself than go to Nineveh. And oh well, we all know Nineveh, don't we? Nineveh is that place, that person, that memory, that story you heard, the other political party, the other country, the other woman, the other kids who bullied you, that thing you can't take back, that other ethnic or cultural group, your spouse, your ex-spouse, your estranged sibling, the one who wrongly accused you, your verbally abusive boss, the abusive parent, the friend who betrayed you, the traumatic memory of a loss. Nineveh is the one who stole something from you, the one who made you unstable or unbalanced or threatened you. Nineveh is the one you resent. And so nobody wants to go to Nineveh. It's a powerful city full of people or feelings or memories we can't control. And so we run, and we hide, and we work on boats, and we sleep, and we complain, and we fume. Jonah is my kind of prophet. And he's saying, I'll go anywhere, God, but please, God, don't make me go there. For Jonah, Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. And this satirical narrative was written after the Assyrians had destroyed the temple in the heart of Jerusalem. They lost the promised land. There was no temple. The Hebrews had been exiled. And as a result, Nineveh thrived. The one thing that stops folks like Jonah and you and me dead in our tracks. The one thing that cuts us off from those that we love estrangement, isolation, thwarted dreams and hopes, the silent treatment, years of anguish, generations of vitriol and violence, the one thing is resentment. Longstanding, heartfelt, unresolved anger, Maybe it's not raging, but instead it's smoldering beneath the surface. And whoever they were, they represented every hardship and cruelty his people had ever faced. And it's not that he's out to get them per se. It's just that he wants no part of their redemption. Jonah is my kind of prophet. It takes Jonah three days. And three nights to finally realize his only salvation, his only hope, his only joy in life, his only freedom rests in the loving power and grace and goodness of God. And if not for the grace of God, for stuffing me inside of a dark hole every now and then, I guess it is true that I have found myself in the belly of the whale more than once. Water rising, waves bellowing, winds raging, weeds wrapped around my neck, drowning in the storms of life or my own anger or my own pride or fear. And that's when the real prayers come. The prayers on our knees or in our cars or in the hallway of a hospital or in our closets or in our backyard where nobody but God will ever find us. Mark Twain once said anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. Jonah may have found redemption in the belly of the whale but he's not contrite. He's so foul in fact even the fish spits him out. Anger of course can serve a holy purpose but it can also separate us from the love of God in Christ and let's face it Jonah's still not that committed to the call after the fish spits him out he basically agrees not to run and then proceeds to deliver the most pathetic sermon of all time hey Nineveh you people have 40 days and then the wrath of God is coming well God didn't need Jonah for that this sermon makes a tweet sound compassionate and profound Jonah didn't want Nineveh to repent he hated them they had it coming to them they deserved to burn he was banking on a good old-fashioned smiting and of course things don't go as Jonah had hoped because no sooner than he had whispered his pathetic four-word sermon all of Nineveh starts to repent Even the king, even the animals, they fast. They wear sackcloth and ashes. They pray for mercy. In Hebrew, the word is shuv, to repent, to literally turn back to God. And this was enough to to send poor Jonah over the edge. Jonah's my kind of prophet. These people don't deserve that sort of grace and blessing, and he can't stand it. These people do not deserve it. The spouse who turned away, the one that caused the accident, the parent who said what he or she shouldn't have said, the friend who betrayed, the teenager who went too far. This looks like the families of those who were murdered by Dylan Roof five years ago. This looks like Desmond Tutu in the face of apartheid. And Jonah knew the God of Israel so well the God who created heaven and earth, that he would have rather died than witness their forgiveness and grace. He said, Lord, I knew this would happen. I knew you were gracious and merciful. I knew you were slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. I knew you would forgive them. Never mind he just experienced God's mercy and compassion in the belly of a whale. Anger had blinded him to the point of his own self-righteousness. And I cannot say that I wouldn't be on the side of Jonah because anger also protects our vulnerability and covers our fear. Anger hides the pain and the guilt and the shame and the fear and the sorrow and the grief in the face of a real or even a perceived threat. Anger means to devalue or undermine the confidence of the other one in the face of a real or perceived injustice and it is true that some of us have experienced so much pain that holy anger is the only emotion left and here's the deal God can handle our anger and so Jonah had that right God is patient and merciful and compassionate and no matter where Jonah goes no matter how angry and self-righteous he is no matter how long he pouts no long no matter how he tanks his sermon God is with him, God hears him. God doesn't let him off the hook or save him from his consequences, but God does provide shade. We are white and brown and black and all shades of beauty. We are Republicans and Democrats and independents. We are male and female and non-binary. We are wounded families sticking together in spite of the ways we hurt one another. We are blended, we are tired, we're doing the best we can and our perspectives are influenced by our unique experiences. Some of us are waiting for new life to begin, and some of us are waiting for lives to end. God's compassion and mercy are offered to all of us. And yet, we can all be so angry and resentful. They say that time heals all wounds, but I'm not sure that's true. The Hebrews had been conquered centuries before this story and yet Jonah was still resentful. The deep wounds of slavery are still festering in our nation 400 years later. I know a pair of sisters in their 80s who haven't spoken for 60 years because one of them stole the other one's boyfriend when they were teenagers. Resentment as they say is like drinking poison and then waiting for the other person to die. Resentment is a sign that we have been ignoring or even running from God's call to live in the present, to face our deepest fears, to heal the wounds of our past, to risk using our gifts for God's purpose, even maybe especially in a place like Nineveh. Perhaps instead of time, healing is about the space between us. Jonah runs and hides and waits and ultimately turns away from God. But we're called to be together, face to face, with God, with one another. Reconciliation requires humility and honesty and touch. And Jonah would rather be right than free from his anger. And Jonah would rather control the narrative with hatred and boundaries than reframe his understanding of God's power and love to include those that he cannot I would like for you to imagine those people walking down the center aisle of our sanctuary and partaking in the Lord's Supper with you. And yet if God's abundant grace and compassion is enough for thousands of unknowing, unfaithful people, even the animals of Nineveh, if they have the humility to to turn back to God in repentance and hope, perhaps even a prophet like Jonah has a chance. By the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Jonah is my kind of prophet, and I suspect he's your kind of prophet too. Amen. Amen.
1: Having heard God's word, read and proclaimed, let us now together affirm what we believe. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy
0: Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
1: Let us pray. God of love, from the moment you breathed creation into being, you saw it was good. You surveyed the work of your hands from the earth and the sky, and you knew that small or great, all that you saw was good. When you fashioned humanity after your image, to live with and care for another, you saw that we were good. Your holy gaze upon us reminds us who we were created to be, what we were created to do, why we were created to exist, to love you, to love one another, and to love ourselves. When you walked on dusty roads or sat by still waters, you met people where they were. And so our prayer today is that our world will know your healing touch, your forgiving heart, and your loving presence, that those who have been hurt by insincere actions and painful words will hear your healing voice. That those whose lives are filled with dark thoughts or unimaginable fears will know your peace. That those who make decisions for the masses will know and feel the love you have for all people created in beautiful diversity. Walk beside those who are close to giving up hope and where life seems to be falling short, be with those who struggle to make ends meet and open our eyes, O God, that we may bend down low and look towards the edges. Turn our ears towards your voice and our heart towards the calling that you have for us in our lives. Move our arms towards yours so that we may learn to love as you do. We pray all these things in the name of Christ, our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, We are called to be disciples. So as we enter into this time of offering, let us return to God the gifts of the earth and the offerings of our lives, so they might be used to bring abundant life to others. Our text to give instructions will be placed in the chat, but the number is 704-734-9818. Come, let us give our gifts together to God.
2: I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry, All who dwell in deepest sin, my hand will save. I who made the stars of night, I will make the darkness bright, who will bear my light to them whom shall i send here i am lord is it our lord snow and rain. I have borne my people's pain. I have wept for love of them. They turn away. I will break their hearts of stone. Give them hearts for love alone. I will speak my word to them whom shall i send here i am lord is it i lord feast for them, my hand will save. Finest bread I will provide, till their hearts be satisfied. I will give my life to them, whom shall I save?
0: And dedication and now God we follow where Christ calls us we proclaim the message Christ gives us we wait and hope for the inbreaking of your kingdom while we partake in the business of this world we invest our lives according to the promises of your abundant grace may you magnify these offerings of our time talent and treasure for your glory and now may the God of your haven and your glory May Jesus Christ give you courage for his mission. And may the Spirit embrace your soul in God's silence. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.